It's on Arado and Company on a boat. On a boat. Thank you very much. As the Alpen song House, goes, I'm on a live boat. Live in Amsterdam. Uh, boat, RV, snowmobile. I don't know if you heard, Ash, but it's the middle of February. And yes, it is boat season in yeah. the capital region. 64 degrees on Wednesday. I believe that was our high at the Albany um, International Airport. And that is that is an absolute record, as of oh. course you can imagine. So I'll be on a boat throughout the uh, the show here. We're going to talk some NASCAR. How about that? This That's is a, a little bit of an is it a first? first. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, unless there was like a major deal. But then we're, we're going to get in depth into the Daytona 500 with our buddy Josh Sims, who is a pit reporter for NASCAR on Fox. It's a great conversation. I, I really think you'll enjoy it, uh, NASCAR fan or not. Mm -hmm. uh, we will recap the Super Bowl. We'll already look ahead to next year, who is our favorite to win Super Bowl 58. Uh, will Aaron Rodgers see the light anytime soon when he comes out of his darkness retreat? What will Aaron Rodgers feel like he wants to do with uh, his year uh, 39 on this yep. planet? Will he be a Packer? Will he be in the NFL at all? And uh, and our guy, Kevin Herter, in the three-point contest this coming weekend, Ash, you know I'm fired up for that. Let's get it going on Owen Co. This is Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. And that's where I am, Alpenhouse in Amsterdam. Our uh, good friends now, through their support, Andy Heck and Katie Osborne, uh, supporters of this show from the oh. very beginning when it launched on News Channel 13. Could not do it without them, without them. so our thanks. Uh, to their partnership with us here on Honorado and Company. Uh, they are now a dealer of Sun Chaser, which is a big deal. I'm sitting on one right now. I can tell you it's a big deal. I'm, I'm on one. It's beautiful. Uh, and the boat show is coming to Queensbury March 31, April 1, 2. So if you aren't yet thinking boat and you want to check some out in person, that's a great place to do it if you can't come to Route 30 in Amsterdam. Is the Sun Chaser a pontoon? It is. Yeah. Okay. So I thought just kind of like based on the look, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, it is. It's very nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are some with like actual tables built into the middle of the, it's, it's awesome. That's yeah. your kind of season as opposed to the, excuse me, the, you know, snowmobile, the winter right. sporting activities. Yeah. Yep. That's I respect it all, but I prefer the boat season. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Why don't we have a boat? You don't respect it all. Why don't we have a boat? Uh, yeah. We don't make enough money. I, I I respect the hardiness of the winter sport folks. Oh, yeah. For sure. That I... Jason's watching as always, man. We appreciate it, J-Man. Good to see you, brother. Sam, good morning to you. Hey, Jeff Casey. Our guy. Good to see you, man. Uh, it's It's more than time that that we do something with the Adirondack Thunder. Ash has been up there a few times here lately and says how good the crowds continue to be at Cool Ensuring Arena. Awesome. And Nick says, springs it. yeah, in springs air. in the air. Who day is always 
coming out of Nick's mouth, uh, <laughs> no matter what. Um, let's let's start with this here, just because I'm excited about it. We'll get into the Super Bowl. We'll do all mm-hmm. that stuff. I promise you, people, and we'll talk about who we think is already going to win it next year. But when is the last time the Capital Region has produced an All Star in any sport? Any sport, that's a little loose. In any of the four major North American yeah. sports or a, a you know, a, a pro bowler or whatever it is, right? This is, I mean, Kevin Herter is going to be at All-Star Weekend for the right. three-point shootout. doesn't make shootout. him an All-Star, but no, makes it him doesn't. a part of All-Star Weekend. You know, it's funny, I, quick digression. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a friend of ours, Joe Calderon, put together a documentary about Kevin Herter and the draft process, and, and he went back to high school and Maryland and all that stuff. Um, and I remember he interviewed the two of us for that documentary. Mm-hmm. And one thing I remember saying at the very end of it all was, um, you know, one, I believe he's going to get a second contract in this league. And that means it'll be real money. And that has happened. Mm-hmm. And then two, I said, I don't know that he's ever going to make an all-star team because it's, it's fan voting. Yeah. And then it's it's a little like statty driven and mm-hmm. part of a weird fraternity. But I said, I don't think he'll ever be an all-star, but that isn't going to matter. He's going to have a long career in this league. Now, I wasn't projecting he'd be in the three-point contest, but I love that he's going to be part of All-Star Weekend. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, and the, those – I don't love the All-Star game anyway. I'm more into, like, the side stuff, the three-point contest, the skills competition. I'm more into that stuff anyway than I am the actual game because, you know I me. Mean? Like we think the regular season in the NBA, they play no defense. This is the oh. opposite of defense. It's like uh, just free for all, 180 to 192 or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just absurd. I don't enjoy that part of the All Star Weekend, the the game itself, but I like everything else around it. So I'm be more into the three point contest, especially now that Kev's in it. Yeah, Ashley and I will both be at MVP Arena Saturday night for the Albany Firewolves Box Out Cancer Night. Ash doing her thing that she does each and every uh, home game with the Firewolves on the sidelines as part of the TV broadcast. I will be part of the halftime ceremony honoring uh, some cancer survivors. So that'll be really, really cool. I'm looking forward to that. And thanks to the Firewolves and Chris Pareka for for inviting me to do that. We're going to talk. Uh, with Zach Tucci from the Albany Firewolves coming up here later on in the show to ask him about his debut, his NLL debut. I mean, the story's crazy. That'll be a lot of fun, but a lot more to get to here uh, before we do any of that. Josh Sims, NASCAR on Fox, still ahead as well if you're just joining us here on Honorado and Company. This is the career best for Herter, right? He 39%. He was over 40 for a good amount of the year. He is he's averaging a career high in terms of points per game. Uh, he has been a big reason why the Sacramento Kings are now third in the Western Conference at the All-Star break. Yeah, Fox and Sabonis are all-stars. Kevin Herter's been been really, really good too. I know I'm watching my Wi-Fi too, Ash. If you're seeing it as well, uh, stick bit. stick with us and as we keep going here live from Alpen House uh, in Amsterdam. So, you know, are we gonna give Kevin a shot to win this thing? Jamal Crawford on TNT picked Herder like didn't All right. flinch. He just he said when they made the announcement, wow. I shot video of it on my phone as I was watching TV that night, Tuesday night. And Crawford's like, "I'll take Herder." It's like, "Yeah, wow. I like that pick." That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so who you got like a guy like Jason Tatum, who's a good three point shooter, but that's not like that's certainly not what he's known for and all he does. 
Um, Tyler Hero might be a tough, yeah, a tough go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, listen, you take your chances with Herder. A hot Herder can shoot it with anybody. All right, how much time can you fill while I look up his odds to win this thing? Sure, go ahead. Um, look, Sam's got a pick here. Going to be tough to beat Damian Lillard. Dame time. Yeah, maybe Dame time. Maybe Dame time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I like Hero if I'm picking somebody right now, I think. But I'll be okay. rooting like crazy for Herder. No doubt about that. Yeah, no question. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find his odds to win this thing. Oh, well. Um, oh, you're on a betting app. Stand by. Uh, Herder is one, two, three, fourth choice. Okay. Plus 600. You can make some good money off that. Throw uh-huh. 20 bucks on it. Uh, Buddy Heald is is the favorite. Wow. Then okay. Willard, then Tatum, then Herder. Markin right. and Halliburton after that. But it's tight. I mean, Herder's plus 600. Markin and Halliburton are both plus 650. Uh, and Heald is plus 420. Heald is... Is the very reasonable favorite. That makes sense. Yeah. Let's throw 20 bucks on Herder so that we can, I can cheer like crazy on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Great. I mean, I, you know, you've got some money built up in that thing. Go ahead. Do it for I'm me. I'm going to, I'm going to DVR <laughs> it and, and watch when I get home from when you get the home, Firewolves right? game. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's I won't be able plan. to see it. Yeah. Okay. So, so congrats to Kev, man. We are obviously so, so happy. Uh, for him and and what he's doing. Um, I almost stole your dirty, difficult done there. That is still to come in the show as well. If you aren't paying attention to what's happening in big 10 hoops and uh, the uh, Northwestern Wildcats, it's, it's time to pay attention as, as uh, the star player from Troy said, after a big win this week, um, it's time. Some people wake up. Love it. It's not luck. All right, we'll take a quick time out here on Honorado and Company. Who's winning the Super Bowl next year? We just saw the Chiefs do it, and the novice athlete of Harrison Butker kicked that yeah. game in field goal. Will they repeat who are our favorites? And will Aaron Rodgers see the light and realize he belongs in Green Bay when he emerges from the darkness? Back right <laughs> after this. Teams. Athletes, organizations, we're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company. Sponsored by Alpenhouse. All right, Ash, we'll keep things going here on Honorado and Company, uh, live from a boat in Amsterdam. Sun You're Chaser, now part of the uh, beautiful line of of water vehicles that uh, Alpenhouse offers. There I am, service and parks. Yeah, I got that. Uh, yeah, I didn't really know. You know, look, it's not, you know, really my... Yeah, you're not well-versed in the uh, water vehicle department. No, I've, I've been on plenty of boats. Um, I don't drive them, uh, no. but I but I, I certainly in, enjoy them. That's that's for darn sure. Absolutely. So if you're thinking about getting a boat um, or you want to upgrade your boat situation, you know Alpenhouse is the place to do it, Route 30 in Amsterdam, or the Boat Show, which mm-hmm. is coming up March 31, April 1-2 uh, in Queensbury. So check that out. Um, 
always go online. Yeah, don't ask me why we don't happening. have a boat. Talk yeah. to Andy. Oh, He's your guy. Andy. Back under the bus. No, not the Chiefs win the, the bus. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Um, boy, I was close I, on the score. Yeah, 30. Were you 35-31 Eagles? No, I was 35-31. Oh, yeah, Eagles. Sorry, yeah. So I got the yeah. team wrong, but I was close on the score. Yeah, we both took the Eagles, and I had 31-27. So we both liked the over, but we had the wrong team. This yep. was, I mean, this is a wild game. Uh, it was 24-14 at the half, which mm -hmm. will tell you exactly what kind of second half this game was. A lot of fun, and shout out to Harrison Butker for kicking that game-winning field goal. He is uh, an official athlete of one of our show partners, Novice Clothing Company. Um, and the guys were out there for the Super Bowl. They were loving every second of it. If you follow them on social media, you experienced it with them. If you don't, go do it now it's and look back love. at the, the time that they had. Uh, they had a great time. Nick and Garrett Bernardo, um, really, really cool. Cool. Sam called it. He did. Prop Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Sam That's. That's good work, Sam. I yep. wish I had followed your advice and and played a little something like yeah. that. But this is what has been the overwhelming topic or point of, of discussion yep. after the Super Bowl, not who won it, or the fact that Mahomes now has an MVP from the Super Bowl again. Um, regular season and Super Bowl MVP, two titles in four years. He's only 27 years old, and, and you, we can go on and on about – is he the guy that tracks down Tom Brady? He isn't. He's not going to win seven people, right. okay? Just let that go now. But did, did Bradbury not fully let go of Juju Smith-Schuster there, and is this the right call? Is it the – I don't know. I, I'd rather say – are you glad they called it as opposed to it was the right call? I mean, it was it was a defensive Correct. hold. That's the catch. and that's Should that's the it. difference though. It probably was the right call. I'm not glad they called it, but that's not fair to the referees to say it's the right call, but they shouldn't have called it, or you're not glad they called it, or whatever. Like at the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, I said this to you. I think the the most criticism that I've heard, or the biggest criticism that I've heard, is that. The game was called one way for most of the game. It was, they let him go. They let him be physical. They didn't call a lot of penalties. And then you get that on what could have been the final drive and what essentially was the final drive to let them drain the clock all the way down and not give the Eagles a chance. If they were forced to kick that field goal, does Harrison make it? Does he not? It's a longer field goal. And then the Eagles have to answer. I understand there's a lot to still play out, but the Eagles have a fair shot. To answer yeah. a goal, yeah. they had basically no shot. You gave them eight no seconds. Chance. You know, it was, they needed a miracle. So I don't love the call. I would have liked it more if it had been, you know, kind of consistent all the way through the way that they called the game. Um, but at the end of the day, Bradbury was the guy who admitted like, yeah, I held him. I grabbed him. So game over, story over. Like, but a tough yeah, way, that, tough way to have it I... kind of decided more than it should have been. I know. I don't know how much it tarnishes the title for you no. in terms of what the Chiefs did or didn't do. But Listen, you have a ten-point um, halftime lead. Keep the lead. Go win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's there's stuff that they could have done. Phillies. The KC O line was fabulous, and that was my kind of my turning point. Was hey the the Philly D line versus the KC O line? I thought that you was the advantage, that. and it was. Yeah. Absolutely not the advantage. I didn't. I don't remember hearing Hassan Reddick's name called one time in that game. 
Yeah, and in fact, it was Reddick who Mahomes ran away from when that 27-yard scramble that really put them into field goal range late in that game. All right, so when does this retreat start? When, I, when does he go week, off the I grid? This week, I think, is what it his... Was, it, was, I th- it was supposed to be like right after the Super Bowl, but then he was on McAfee's show, so no, I don't yeah. know. He, said, he was on McAfee's show, and he said, no, no, it, it wasn't supposed to start right after the Super Bowl. It was always scheduled to start like this coming week. Okay. So he, he scheduled it. It's a darkness retreat. Four days. Could you do this? Four days and four nights of darkness isolation. Could you do it? I don't know what that means. What does that mean? He's just not going to have outside communication, or he's literally living in the dark. It sounds like he's living in the dark. It sounds like something he would do, right? Like, I mean, no, I couldn't do it. No communication, I, I, no whatever, but he's going to sit in a dark house or a dark room or a dark no. somewhere. That can't be healthy. I'm sorry. It well, just can't be healthy. The, I, the Cutting yourself off from technology, I get there's a benefit yeah. to that. Mentally, yeah. fine. But to just sit in complete darkness for four straight days, <laughs> get out of here. He's your I quarterback. You. He's a weirdo. Aaron, Aaron, listen to me. I love you. Okay? But I'm not in love You're with a you. phenomenal quarterback we want you back in green bay but we got to just focus on winning some football games here for the last couple of years you're going to play right after that you go live in the dark as much as you want be philanthropic internationally the way you've been cool let's win some let's win some darn games chris knows a lot about this oh i could do that you're on the aaron Rodgers diet chris is a one meal a day type guy that one's easy. The sitting in darkness, no, come on. There's just no way. Couldn't do it, no. All right, so when he emerges from the darkness, Ash. Yeah, what's he doing? I don't know. What the heck's he going to do? Uh, Packers, Raiders, Niners, Jets, other. <sighs> Leader in the clubhouse for you. Jets. Jets. Jets for me. Sam says if the Jets get him, they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, do you agree with that? No. Yeah, I don't either. No. If if he were to go to the Niners, I'd say, yes, yeah, San Francisco goes to the Super The AFC is a gauntlet. And you know I like the Jets and what they yeah. built. The AFC is an absolute gauntlet. You're yeah. telling me that Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, that he is going to get past Allen, Burrow, and Mahomes? I know. And, oh, by the way, maybe Trevor Lawrence. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sleeping on Jacksonville next year. Um if they have all the pieces back, the Jaguars, they will win that d- division. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. Um, and if you get uh, who the heck's a wide receiver who will be reinstated, he was suspended Ridley. one year. If Ridley is reinstated, you don't like I, – I, I could name those four teams quickly that yeah. I think might be better than the Jets, even with Rodgers. And the Jets will be good with him, but I – I also, this was kind of my thing. This is not a one year. It's not a Tom Brady plug in, win the Super Bowl type thing. That doesn't happen. Like learning, and I know he would have, he's got people like Hackett who he's familiar with and whatever, but that doesn't just translate. It's not an immediate result type of thing. I still think it takes two or three years to get that team to that point with him at the helm. And I don't know that he has three years. He might have two, but I don't know that he has three years. All right, I'm already over on time the way I usually am. Josh Sims, NASCAR on Fox reporter, coming up here. He is making history on Sunday 
at the Daytona 500. We'll tell you why it's so significant, and we're just going to have some fun catching up with our buddy. Hope you enjoy it as well. Ahead of the Daytona 500, Josh Sims from Fox next. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of Nyscoba are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. Nyscoba honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. Welcome back to Honorado and Company. It's Chris and Ashley. And uh, Ash, you tweeted this week. This is one of the things you enjoy most. I don't know about the show or just the business is yeah, the, catching, business. the ability to catch up with people after a little while. And, and it's been more than a little while with our guy, Josh Sims. But But this just felt like the right opportunity for us. It's the first time you and I have been doing this show during the lead up to the Daytona 500, which of course is the Super Bowl of yep. NASCAR. And when your buddy from back in the day is making history on a Daytona telecast, you, you reach out to him and you say, help us out, man. Help us out. Come on, Oscar. would you do that, please? So Josh Sims joins us here on Honorado and Company. Josh, man, it's like I said, it's it's been forever, dude, but it is so good to see you and, and you doing big, big things. How are you? I'm good, man. It's so good to see y'all. I mean, it feels like I'm in living in the South now. You hear me saying y'all. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I've been in Charlotte for so long. Um, but no, it, it's it's great, man. It's good to see you guys. And, uh, you know, I still remember the days of running around Albany and seeing you two at everything <laughs> and now seeing you two doing this show. It's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, Josh, from Albany to, well, first of all, okay, from yeah. Jersey, Okay, to Albany, to Charlotte, and now still in Charlotte, but but in a, a different role as, as you're full time covering the sport of NASCAR. And I get it. The Daytona 500 always falls in the month of February, Black History Month. But uh, it was going to happen at some point. I love that it's you that you will become the first black pit reporter during a Daytona 500. Man, how cool is that? Yeah, man, it's it's crazy to think. And, you know, I've told other people I never set out kind of to be a first or or make history. I just kind of wanted to do the best at the job I was doing. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I recognize the importance of it. And I just kind of hope that someone out there that kind of looks like me, it's a young kid or something like that, that might have not seen a path now can look up and see me working the Daytona 500 yeah. and be like, Hey, if Josh can do it, you know, I can too. So I think that's kind of cool. Did you ever think this would be your path? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how life works. Yeah. You know, I mean, you start out with a plan and then you kind of just go along with the ride. And I think that's so much of this business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like 
my first job was in news, you know, and I know, Chris, that's where you are now and you were in sports for so long and you just kind of like, well, you know, here's where I want to go. But in order to get there, I'm going to do this. And then I did the the local sports thing in Albany and Charlotte. And then this opportunity opened up with NASCAR on Fox. And, you know, just through the relationships I built, I decided to give it a shot. And here I am doing the Daytona 500. I mean, like, it's a wild ride, man. But um, it's been a blast. Um, all right, help us out. And by the way, you're not the you're not the only one making history and breaking that color barrier um, as well. I mean, first black race director on Sunday for the Daytona 502, man. I know you had a chance to sit down with him. What what was that like to share that experience? Yeah, that was so cool because it's Juson Hamilton. It's just a great guy. And before we had done that, I had never actually had a chance to like talk to him at the track because he's a very busy man, as you can imagine, with all the stuff he's juggling. But, you know, like his story is kind of similar to mine. You know, like he said the same things. He was never setting out to make history. It's just something he loved and, you know, wanted to do. And, you know, but at the same time, he was just like, you know, I, I kind of hope that I'm a trailblazer for others that want to be in this position that look like me. And, you know, that man has a lot on his plate. Mm, mm. Um, <laughs> and now every time I see him, I give him the what's up, man. And I know you got to run. So I'll just give you the wave. But, man, um, he's a great guy. He's one of those guys you meet and you feel like you've known him forever and he's doing a bang up job. And I'm excited for him uh, to see how things keep progressing for him. You're already in Daytona. And obviously people who are, are into racing know that it's not just the 500 on Sunday. There is all kinds of stuff that leads up to it. You had qualifying last night, which is Wednesday night, as we're on taping on a Thursday here. Um, you've got more going on tonight in duels. You get stuff all week. But first impressions of kind of like dipping your toe in, obviously, before the, the big game, we'll call it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a gradual build up to the big event but this year was a little bit different just because you know the cup series which is the top series in nascar you know those guys usually will get in and they'll have a chance to kind of practice and get their cars right before qualifying this year no like they got the first time they got in the car they were qualifying and qualifying for the daytona 500 is different because when they qualified on wednesday night that just sets the front row so the guy on the pole and the guy who starts next to him the rest of the field, I mean, kind of doesn't matter how you do, because then that sets you up for the duels, which are Thursday night. And then the duels will set the rest of the field. So, like, you're qualifying and you're going as fast as you can. And it's like, all right, you finished like fifth. You're like, all right, cool. I got to go out tomorrow night and do it again to try and get a better spot. And, like, you know, that Thursday night, the duels are races, you know, like mm. it's Daytona. Crashes happen all the time and you got to be aggressive, but cautious so it's like before you even get to sunday like you're already in the thick of it which is just crazy but it's so cool for this week and then oh and by the way after you do all that then you get to start practicing on friday and saturday it's crazy <laughs> it is wild um josh i want to okay let me ask i want to ask you some race stuff but i want to ask you some nascar stuff too as an outsider um give me a driver Mm -hmm. who is i'm going deep into your research here give me a driver who is yet to win this race who has you think the best shot to win on sunday yeah and i can give you two i'll give you the first one is martin Truex jr because i did a sit down with him the other day and um you know this will be his 19th try at this thing mm -hmm. and man you know the daytona 500 is special because it's the only race that if you win it they call you a champion 
So it's like you're a Daytona 500 champion, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not Talladega, it's not the others. So that should explain how much everyone wants to win this thing. It kind of sets you in a different room when it comes to being a Hall of Famer. And he's done everything from being a champion to, you know, having a ride, losing his ride, bouncing back, having mm-hmm. seasons where he's like, way in a way the best driver but like this is the one thing he hasn't checked off his box and everyone seems to be under the belief that his career is winding down if this is not his last season then like maybe he has a couple more um but if he doesn't win this thing and yeah you know like we do the interview he says you know like hey you know i could walk away having not won this thing like yeah that's what you say in front of a camera we know what you want and the first Daytona 500 I covered was in 2016, closest finish ever in the race. And he just got edged out by Denny Hamlin, man. And if you don't think he sits up at night thinking about that and how his life would be different if he had that, then that's that's crazy. So, yeah, I think him and then you look at Kyle Busch, another champion in the sport that has done basically everything, two-time Cup Series champion, one of the winningest drivers, and he's like yeah. a first ballot Hall of Famer, but doesn't have the 500. I mean, look at those names, Josh. I saw this stat last night, which is kind of crazy. Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Brad Keselowski, and the two guys you just named, 0 for 64. And that's a big number when you're one in four – you're one of 40 drivers. It's not like, you know, the basketball team who goes out and the best team wins every night. Racing is just different in that way, isn't it, in terms of, like, you could be the best driver, but so much of it is luck and strategy and everything else that goes into a – a Daytona 500 when you've got 40 people driving 200 miles an hour. Yeah, this is like the most unpredictable race that mm-hmm. they have this. And obviously the Talladega, just because this way super speedway racing is. So, and especially the way the rules have changed over the year, the cars have changed over the year. You know, you ask a guy like Clint Boyer, who's in the booth for Fox, and he'll say so much of it is luck. Um, and other drivers will be like, ah, you know, it takes skill, like whatever, but like, you got to be in the right place, the right time, avoid the big wreck, which is always going to happen multiple times in this race. And you got to have good equipment on that day, you know? And like you mentioned, Ash, you could be the best driver, like, you know, Chase Elliott, I feel like has been for the past couple years, but you know, like on that day, something could blow up. You could have an issue on pit road. You can get a penalty you don't want. You could be next to the guy that crashes. Like there's so many different factors that keep you from winning it that it's just, that's why it's so hard to predict. And it's so hard for these guys, those guys you mentioned, you know, all champions to not have the 500 yet. Who's the driver you don't want to be near when something (laughs) goes wrong? Uh, I mean, here you don't want to be near anybody. Like yeah. The best thing to say is like, you don't want to be in the middle of the pack. So yeah, when you're in the Daytona 500 or super speedway, um, you, you want to be out front easier said than done. Right. Um, but if you're in the middle of the pack or you're in the back, you're kind of always just like on edge. Because, no, I mean, you, know, you as the pit reporter, who oh, don't me? you want to be near when something goes wrong? Man, oh, so that is, um, there's a a number of names. Um, I think the (laughs) biggest one, you don't even have to Google too much, but if Kyle Busch is on a heater, uh, you're going to hear about it. (laughs) You know, like he is, uh, he's a fiery guy to say the least. Um, So you always tread lightly, let's say that. Um, But I mean, like at this race, I mean, it's not even just him. It's like everybody, because like, once again, it's the Super Bowl. So like, yeah. You know, when someone wrecks, we go to the infield care center and we do the interview there and you're waiting for the guy to come out and you're just like, 
all right, what am I going to ask? How yeah. am I going to ask this? Because you know, like, all right, they're not going to have a shot at this until next year, and they are pissed. Yeah. So it's yep. uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it it makes the job a little a little more difficult. But and you yeah. can't be like, well, what happened? Yeah. You know, <laughs> but that's exactly what you have to say. Like, that's the crazy part about it. You have to be like, so you know what happened from your perspective, and they give you like the look, and you're like, hey man, just right. do my job. That's do always job. just do my job. That's always it. Uh, listen, a lot has happened. It feels like since I, um, you know, was last watching NASCAR, which could have been a, a while ago. But the thing that struck me was when I tuned in last night for qualifying. Two names, Jimmy Johnson, who I believe to be retired, <laughs> and Travis Pastrana, who I last remember riding a bicycle in the X Games, qualified for the Daytona 500. Josh, what is going on in your sport? I, you, you step away for a little bit and you come back and there are people driving cars who you never knew were driving cars. Yeah, yeah. You never really retire, Ash. Um, that's the thing about Jimmy that. Johnson. So, um he walked away from the sport, you know, did the IndyCar thing for a while and then decided he was going to come back. And I mean, when I tell you the sport was so stoked when they heard Jimmy was coming back, I mean, seven time champion, he's, he's Jimmy Johnson. He's, he's obviously one of the biggest names in sports in general. So to have him come back was just how the whole sport was like, thank God. Jimmy's mm. back. Um, but then like he hadn't had to qualify for the Daytona 500 since 2002. You know, like there's 36 cars that are always automatically in based off a charter system and stuff. So, you know, like he's been sitting pretty driving for Hendrick for so many years. And then it's just like, oh, hey, Jimmy, welcome back. By the way, you got to qualify into this thing that you've won a couple times before. Um, but it was cool. And like, you know, he hadn't had, like I said, no practice. He hadn't really been in this new cup car. So for him to go out there and qualify on speed was cool and his reaction was cool because yeah. you know jimmy's a real laid-back chill california guy so um so to see him that excited and then travis pastrana man i mean that was a scene if you guys saw it because this is you know he's done a little bit of everything in motorsports but this has always been a bucket list thing for him and you know he was in good equipment with 2311 but like there's no guarantee like he said he had never been out of second gear in the car i heard that last interview night. i was like Oh my God! <laughs> how do you how do you hop into a car you've never driven before and then qualify in on speed against guys that have been in? You know, there's six open drivers trying to get in. The others, well, the other four, not counting Jimmy Johnson, but they they're all regular drivers. Pastrana is not, and he gets in on speed, which is nuts. And you know, it was just a mob of people around him. He was like a rock star out there. It was, it was so cool to see, and you know, people were in tears in his entourage, and and that just says how much it means and how cool it's going to be to see him out there Sunday. Pastrana's the best. Question. Sorry, Chris. Does that bother other drivers when somebody just kind of slides in and takes a spot, or is that just kind of how it goes? Does that happen more often? Yeah. Than you I mean, I think both is true. That's kind of how it goes, and yeah, it does bother other drivers because like. You know, you had some guys that are rookies like Zane Smith and Chandler Smith, who I both covered in the truck series last year. And like, obviously, they want to get into the show. They'll have more chances to get into the show over the years. But, you know, they got to feel like, hey, man, maybe if he wasn't there, then I would have had a shot. So, you know, like everyone wants to be in it. And if you don't get in it, it sucks. But they will have another chance during the duels where the last two spots will be filled. So. You know, it's not like they're out of it yet, but then, you know, those two that don't make it are, are going to feel some kind of way. All right. I think we might ask you about the poll winner, but I've got two questions I have to ask you first. Uh, did you get your driver's license in New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. 
So I did as well. Um, what is the fastest you've driven in a car? You now either behind the wheel or not. You know, I'm not asking you to self-implicate yourself here, but either you know, behind the wheel or past. You got in a car, right? Yeah, well, that's, I was going to say that it's that a little bit boring. of a cheat for me because I've been in that's a car. Okay. Yeah. on the track at charlotte and the funny thing about that is you know they let media do these like ride arounds and i'm going around i think i'm flooring it man i think i'm flying around the track and mind you like the cup drivers they're going damn near 200 miles an hour yeah. so i'm flying around boom boom i get around i did like maybe 115 Ooh, that's something like that yeah but like then i look back at the video it looks like i'm going 40 <laughs> down the highway and everybody else is like flying around touching like 160 and i'm like freaking out because like the banking on yeah. charlotte motor speedway and a lot of the other tracks is nuts like you get on it if you don't go fast enough the car will just start to <laughs> so i'm like freaking out when i get around the turn and i'm like uh, uh, uh. so like i thought i was going like 160 170 and i'm going one, which mind you is fast but like yeah nascar fast like nah you know, yeah. for us common folks who, <laughs> you know, drive 70 on the highway and that's like the max, yeah. 115 is, you're flying. Pretty good. I'm flying. Yeah, Listen, good. I used to have a uh, old school, Honda, like it's a 91 Honda Accord and that thing, the steering wheel used to shake when I got <laughs> above 60. So there was no shaking other than me when I got to 100, trying to figure it out. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right. And then uh, on more of a serious note here. I'm going to say that you're still kind of new to NASCAR. I mean, at least in a full-time role. I know you're covering it as a reporter in Charlotte. But um, what have you learned about this sport that people like Ashley and I don't get to see that has made it as popular as it is to a mass audience? Is it the uh, approachability of the, of the big personalities is it the excitement of the racing? Like now that you're in it for two, three years, what would you say? Like, okay, this is why now I'm I'm happy to pursue the full time role. I feel comfortable in that role, and I like doing the coverage I'm doing. Yeah, and I think it, you hit the nail on the head. It's the approachability. It's the fact that you know I always say when I was in Charlotte, local covering the Panthers. You know, and they go on that Super Bowl run and everything like that. You could want to get a sit down with a Cam mm -hmm. Newton or a Luke Keekley one on one for like even just begging for five minutes and you can't get it all season long, you know. And then I go over and cover NASCAR and like, granted, you're getting a lot more races and a lot more time. But like to be able to like request or be offered mm -hmm. 10 minutes with Jimmy Johnson, five minutes with Jeff Gordon, you, you, you got 10 with Tony Stewart on Thursday like that. Those are the biggest names in the sport. Like you don't just get to have that access to them. And then on race day, it's like, you know, not even doing the job, but for the average fan, like you can get like seats in the stands, you can get infield passes and you can get a hot pass that gets you on pit road and out into the infield before a race. And like fans can literally be like 10 feet away from their favorite mm. driver, just walking on pit road before it starts. Like if you're lucky, you can get a picture with them. You can get an autograph, like right before they hop in the car and race, like it's packed out there in the infield. And, you know, like that type of access, you don't get, like you couldn't be on the field before the NFL Super Bowl. You couldn't be on the court before an NBA game, but with NASCAR, you could be out there and you could walk by the drivers and so much of the sport is geared around them signing autographs and walking through certain areas so that fans could see them and take pictures with them. 
And I think that's the coolest part about it, just the access the fans have to their favorite drivers. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to look up who's singing the, the anthem. Trace Atkins? Is that, do you know? I don't know. I'm waiting this on my call, but I, I haven't got it yet. So, okay. you know, I guess. Because that for me is, see. that's for me is always like a moment. You know what I mean? Like when I've watched it in the past. Yeah. The anthem is a moment and that kind of kicks off all like just the feels and, you know, people get loud and that's the first roar you really hear after that. So I think it's Trace Atkins, but I'm not really sure. Um, what are you most looking forward to in the next three days here? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the best part is going to be Sunday, you know, yeah. just because of all of the pageantry and everything around wild. 500. It's going to be eighth straight year with a sellout. Last yeah. year was the first time it was like. I couldn't move to where I needed to get, you know, because obviously we had the pandemic years and the years before, but like last year was nuts. And like, you know, I remember, you know, they're like, hey, you know, we got security to walk around with talent. And I was like, I don't need security. What are you talking about? And then you're trying to get somewhere and like, oh, I need security. I need to get like there. And there's just like masses of people. And I was like, yo, this is nuts. So I can only imagine it's going to be like that again on Sunday. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But just every I mean, you know, like we have so much still to go and, you know, I'll be on a lot of the practice shows. I'm doing the Xfinity race on Saturday, too. So, man, I'm looking forward to to all of it. It's going to be busy, but it's going to be a good busy. You know. Oh, by the way, Alex Bowman sits on the pole ahead of uh, Sunday's race. Um, I would imagine as we talk about the speed of these drivers, it would be like, you know, Jimmy Johnson. It's like Patrick Mahomes going to play a Pop Warner game when Jimmy Johnson's got to drive through like a school zone. I mean, I, I can't imagine shifting my mentality so much from what I do so well and then having to kind of obey some speed limits in, in that regard. But right. uh, yeah, listen, man, uh, your your meteoric rise is, is so much fun to watch, dude. Uh, Well-earned and deserved and uh couldn't happen to somebody better say what's yeah. up to the wife for us and um have and fun you're new dog dad yeah dog dad life is different now when you're a dog dad and we get one of those shirts that just says dog dad on it with his face right in the middle so cute congrats on everything <laughs> the dog, you. The wife, you know the job all of it well i appreciate it. it's good catching up with you guys love to see what you're doing love to see y'all together it's great and uh hopefully one day we can catch up in person Thanks for doing the show, man. Have a great time, dude. All right, brother. All right, Ash. Get a head start on summer fun with Elfenhaus RV. It's our preseason sales event going on now. Come in today to shop America's top brands like Forest River, Coachman, Keystone, and Grand Design. Right now, get this Coachman Catalina for only $3.06 a month or this Primetime Tracer for only $2.52 a month. Our knowledgeable outfitters are here to help you find the perfect RV for your family. Shop online anytime at alpenhouserv.com. Buy with confidence at Alpenhouse RV, your total camping outfitter. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. I've already enjoyed the early video out of pitchers and catchers reporting to camp. Yeah. Uh, Ian Anderson was an early arrival at uh, Brave Spring Training as he tries to work his way back into that big league starting rotation. They've got Atlanta's going to have like three or three guys for the final yeah. spot, so it won't be easy. But um, but I think hopefully he's healthy and works through whatever 
um, was causing him issues to find the strike zone last year. The fact that he shows up early, right, is a great first sign. Yep. He's ready um, to work. Yeah, exactly. All right, ready let's keep work. things going here on Owen Co. And now, dirty, difficult, and done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. Shout out to Bill Miller, his wife Karen, Sean Wilcoxon, who do great things in the community. You may have seen through some of our social media that they were raising money for Folds of Honor, which is a great organization that provides scholarships for uh, family members of either permanently disabled or fallen military members. And this is a company, local company, that does a lot with with the Folds of Honor and with the American Cancer Society. Um, and there's never, Ash, a job that's too dirty or too difficult for Performance Industrial to get it done. I know, you're multitasking here. I'm ready. You're up first with your No, I'm day. ready. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, listen, Boo Booey from Troy has been, formerly known as Daniel Booey, has been one of the better college basketball players in the country this season. He, the Northwestern Wildcats last night, which so we're talking about Wednesday night here now, mm-hmm. knocked off number 14 Indiana on a boo-booey runner with two seconds left. That's just days after they knocked off number one Purdue. So that's back-to-back ranked opponents that they knock off. He's averaging close to 17 points a game. And this is a team that is now in sole possession of second place in the Big Ten. Um, They've beaten a program record four ranked opponents this season. If that doesn't get them into the NCAA tournament, I don't know what does. They're in, right? They're in. um, Chris Collins' job is safe. It was – I mean, they they had to issue a statement at the end of last year to tell people he was coming back. So that's Mm -hmm. how – fragile it mm-hmm. was for him um collins is safe Bowie, i mean if not for zach Eady, Bowie could be big 10 player of the year yeah i mean he leads yep. northwestern in scoring rebounding and assists yeah I, trace jackson davis really good player yes very. um but uh, buoy has been darn darn good and, yeah, and, and this nobody's is... talking about him yeah the, well and and What's unlike him is he struggled to shoot it from three this year. Yeah. He's only shooting like 29% from three. Imagine if he was shooting 35, 36, 37, you know what I mean? North of that, then I, I think the conversation is different. But that was a lot of his bread and butter, and he's really struggled from there. So he's doing all of this without playing his best, best basketball, and he's still been one of the better players in the Big Ten. Yeah, did you say it? I mean, 19 and 7, 10 and 5 in the conference, second place. And this would only be their second NCAA tournament appearance in program history. Hmm. The first one came in 2016. Um, I, yeah, I, obviously, I hope he gets it. I have a weird college basketball note here, too. Jalen Pickett went for 40 plus at Penn State uh, just a couple of nights ago. So he's having a really nice year for the Nittany Lions. And I know. NBA draft people are talking about Jalen Pickett, which is cool. All Here's right, my dirty he's on his play. way, so do your triple cool. D. Okay, I'm not done with Tiger Woods. When he announced, "Hey, I'm going to play the Genesis," I'm like, "Great! How do I how do I watch the Genesis Invitational?" I'm I'm I just it's like that classic movie line. I just can't quit you. I mean, I, I th- he it's he true. he continues to bring 
excitement and eyeballs to golf tournaments. I am more in the tank, but yeah. I will leave it at that, that oh, I'm just right. not done with Tiger Woods. I'm, I'm happy that he, I'm happy that he is finding other places, other opportunities in the calendar to play tournaments that aren't simply majors. And I don't care if, how familiar he is. People are saying, Oh, well, it's, you know, his tournament or it's his course or whatever. It's nice that he's going to play more than four times a year. Yeah. And listen, I don't, I'm not done with him either. And I don't know that all of golf is done with him. All of sport, like everybody wants tiger. They want tiger for the rest of forever. Like this is not, it's a sport where it's not like Michael Jordan trying to come back and play basketball. Now it's a sport that you can succeed in a later age. It's kind of like NASCAR. Like you can Mm -hmm. drive till your fifties, you know, whatever. And that the median age in that is also going way, way down, but it's a sport that you can succeed when you're older, if you're healthy. And we know that's been Tiger's biggest battle, but yeah, of course, everyone wants to see Tiger play. Even bad Tiger is fun. You're right about that. Yeah, it's true. Bad Tiger is fun. Um, by the way, I, I I have a little bit on Kyle Busch uh, okay. to win on Sunday. Oh, oh, you have money on Kyle Busch to win. Let's I thought see. you were going to say you have like a little bit of info or something on no. Kyle Busch. No, let's just see. Okay. Right? Hasn't hasn't done it. What were the odds? Taking a flyer on him. Uh, they were long. Um, wow. I'd have to I'd have to go back and look at it, but they they were not friendly to him. I was at, hoping uh, you said Kurt Busch. I was going to be like, well, then you're in trouble. The FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, Kurt Busch. Yeah, can any chance Kurt wins this week? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Well, oh, he's retired like the Jimmy yeah. Johnson kind of retired or the well, not Jimmy Johnson kind of retired? Hey, as Sim said, nobody's really ever retired in that sport. I know. It's like boxing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Nobody's ever really truly uh, retired. Um, um, I did mean to, to say this to Sims when I was talking about the age. So I read a stat that said the average age of – a cup series driver, which as Mm. Josh mentioned is the top racing in the country um, is pushing 30. Like it's about to drop below 30 for the first time in the modern era. Yeah. Below 30 because you've got guys like Kurt and all these other guys starting to retire. And Mm. there are so many new young guys coming in 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it was closer to 40. It was hovering on pushing over 40 and now we're going you know, way back below. So I think that's cool. It's cool for the sport. It's good for the sport. Young, fresh blood. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. The Albany Firewolves professional indoor lacrosse team invites you to join us on Saturday, February 18th for our Box Out Cancer Night presented by the American Cancer Society. Come witness our epic showdown with the Las Vegas Desert Dogs at 7 p.m. at the MVP Arena in Albany. Get your tickets now at albanyfirewolves.com. Join the pack. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. All right, Ashley, if we have the opportunity to catch up with Zach Tucci, we will do that. But let's talk about this game that the Firewolves have on Saturday night because it's a big one. It's box out cancer night. Vegas against the Firewolves at MVP Arena. It's the first year Las Vegas is in this league, so obviously it is their first visit to Albany. Um, well, Albany needs a win, okay? Let's just put that out there. They need a win, or they at least need to look like yes. they 
are on the verge of being competitive offensively. That, I think even Coach Clark might take that. Hey, we were competitive offensively. This was a close game. Would have loved to have won, but at least we showed we're we're scoring some goals. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, listen, every coach wants to win, but seeing a different offensive team come out there I think would be certainly important, especially the start. The the starts haven't been great. And, And Coach Clark talked about this, and he said, you know, sometimes it may look like our team is lethargic, he said, but from a coaching perspective, it's never been an effort thing for him. He said the problem is, is we get behind by so many goals. He said you're playing from behind and it's taxing. Mm. And then it becomes like, it just becomes this huge mountain to climb. So you're behind by seven or eight goals in the last couple of games. And it's not an effort thing. It's just they're out there so hard, trying so hard that it's draining. And it's really a difficult thing to ask. So I think trying not to get behind by so many goals is a really big thing. And Tucci, our guy Tucci at at the faceoff dot, they call it, not the X like in field, uh, the faceoff dot will be a difference maker because they will win possessions and they won't spend so much time on defense. They'll play a little bit more offense, which will help. And the shot clock is short, so possessions go back and forth, but there won't be so many consecutive defensive possessions. Okay, yeah. Um, and look, it, it's, it's been how long since they've played at home. Hopefully that's a little bit right. of a positive factor. Home, crowd, um, and again, I'm, I'm pumped to be there for halftime. You can always catch Ashley on the sidelines of those Firewolves home games on ESPN+. Plus, and of course, our sister station, My4. So Honorado and Company takes you from 6 to 7 on My4. Then you get your Firewolves coverage uh, on Saturday night. It's a segment we do each and every single week here on Honorado and Company, and it is called Follow the Pack. And Zach Tucci, uh, new to the area. <laughs> new, to, new to all of it. New to the sport of box lacrosse, or at least the NLL. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder, does that? how much does that really matter when you are the face-off guy? Zach well, Tucci joins us him. here on Honorado and Company. Zach, man, thank you for coming on the show taking the time out to join us. Uh, Congrats on a really impressive debut in the NLL. It's Chris and it's Ashley. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. Ashley, thank you very much for having me on. It's it's quite the difference, I'd say, going from uh, outdoor to indoor. A lot of things about the sport are quite different. I was joking with a couple of my buddies that I almost thought it was a different sport, especially when it comes to taking face-offs. You are not lined up right against the ball. You're several inches back. And not only that, you don't look at the ball when you take reps. So that was uh, a slight adjustment right off the bat, but I was uh, very happy to play on the team. It was a quick turnaround. I was in the office and the coach called me two nights before. I was like, yeah, you know, I'd I'd love to play for the team. It's, It's been a pretty tough week of work. So I haven't gotten in the gym as much as I would have liked to. I've had a couple late nights. She's like, oh, no, no, I'm talking about playing on Saturday. I'm like, okay, I guess uh, we're going to do this. So I said yes, got an Uber, headed down to the game after work Friday night, and the rest was history. Now we're going, going for game two this weekend in Albany. The team was great, great guys. Like I said, welcome me with open arms, so I'm just happy to continue doing that. You're going to actually get to practice this week mm. and shoot around this week, which you what didn't concept. get a chance to do last week. 
Will that make a difference for you? Do you feel like that'll just kind of allow you to get your feet under you a little more, practice with the team, get some reps in, and, and make you more comfortable for this week? Not that you were uncomfortable last weekend. You see, I'm a pretty go-with-the-flow guy, so I, I wouldn't say I was too uncomfortable last week, but I definitely will be better this time around given I'm more knowing as to what's to come at the X. Yeah. Like I was telling you, it was just such a crazy adjustment because you react on different things in NLL versus PLL given how the ref blows the whistle, what you go on. So that's something I'm going to be ready for this time around. So I'm I'm happy to be able to get some time there in the box, whereas just showing up and doing it. So I think it will definitely help my play, yes. What do you do for work, Zach? I do investment banking at Bank of America, hence why uh, a lot of this is tough. I'm actually trying to half listen in on a meeting right now on my other screen. So it's it, it's definitely tough, especially playing a pro sport. I, uh, I I brought it past a, a couple of people at my office, and they definitely are under the assumption mentality that work is first. So I, I, I try to make both work because lacrosse is definitely my passion. It gets tough at times, but slowly I'm I'm getting in the groove of things and making do. So you're on a, a call. Um, I don't know how many people you have to deal with virtually or in person, but they might think that you like you owe somebody money based on the the marks i'm seeing on your face at this point you see that's something i constantly have to explain um i i definitely get some some raised eyebrows when i walk in on mondays and i might have a cut on the side of my face or on my eye as i do right now i guess that's another little point that i didn't come to realize as quickly in nll so i'm always been a very physical and aggressive player and in the nll helmets are not as protective as they are in outdoor <laughs> so just by default when i was on d or going to play defense get some i kind of stick my face down and my head down mm. a little bit your helmet is also already pretty close to your face so yeah. i had one time it just squished my face and my nose my eye and my top lip was bleeding right off the bat i was like oh gotta figure this one out <laughs> Well, we're going to let you get back to work. We don't want there you to you get go. in trouble, but we're yep. looking forward to meeting you. We'll both be at the game this weekend. I'll be on the sidelines, and I definitely need to catch up with you because I think you're an important part of the story that people want to hear from. So we're going to chat before the game, but we're looking forward to meeting you, to watching you play. And the Firewolves, obviously, you you hopefully can help them at, a, at an area of need um, that they greatly need help at the face-off spot. So uh, we're looking forward to it, Zach. Go get him, Zach. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time. Have a great day. You too. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week.